Hi everybody, thanks for clicking. I'm John. I'm Zach. And this is the Shtick and Mortar Podcast. So today we're going to be talking about anxiety. Ooh, I'm nervous about that, John. Yeah, I am too. Well, anxious people make me anxious. You know, <laughs> they are uh-huh. around me a lot. Yeah. And I'm always trying to solve their problems. And even if I know I'm going to be with them, mm-hmm. and I might have even invited them to dinner... Sure. I get anxious about being with them because I know it's going to be dumped on me. So are you anxious because you want them to not be anxious or you want them to have a good time if you invite them over? I think I'm anxious because I... That's a good question. Because first of all, I don't want to spend all night listening to their problems because oh. friendship is not therapy. Yeah, well... Or hmm. maybe it that's is. That's arguable. Well, it's not straight up therapy yeah, where not, one's the professional. True. But it's definitely some form of release. And have I ever told anybody any advice that wasn't good? Probably not. Has anybody ever listened to my advice? <laughs> yeah. Probably not. Mm. So I know it's just a big waste of time. But do you have sympathy anxiety? Like sympathy pains? You're They're anxious and so you're just sympathizing? You're like taking on the anxiety? I wish I did. Okay, so you don't. But I don't. Okay. I have performance anxiety. You, you know, play trumpet. I play trumpet. I suck when I blow. So, of course, I have... Let's go back and explain that. Now, I'm not a trumpet player. Well, to you... play trumpet, you have to blow hard. Yes. And if you're not very good at it, you suck. I see. So, I suck when I blow. Your blowing is sucky. Exactly. I see. I thought you were saying you had an actual problem playing the trumpet. <laughs> like it was a no. physical thing that you get the trumpet up to your lips and you start sucking in air instead of blowing it out. Of course I want people to think I'm really good. So yeah. the way I get around that is I practice my ass off as if mm-hmm. I'm improvising. So to, to make it look like I'm improvising. So I have anxiety that, you know, they're going to catch my imposter phenomena. I feel like a lot of people have that. Any sort of performance. There are people that have that performance anxiety. Like, one day I'm just not going to be good. I think everybody who endeavors in an endless knowledge base, whether it's doctors or engineers or performers or writers, Mm -hmm. has this imposter phenomena because they know how much there is to know, but they don't know nearly all of it. Well, how do you explain the people that seemingly have tons of confidence? Is that all false? Is that just something that's going on in their brain that makes them think that they've done a good job? I think they have a realistic view of what the consequences of failure are, which are never that great. Yeah. Is confidence the exact opposite of anxiety? Or is anxiety just a thing that will always live with us because of who we are? You and me particularly. Well, for me, I would say it's a cousin. It's the, it's the cousin of the opposite of anxiety. It's which the, is like, it's the sexy which cool is, cousin. Well, I'd say the co- opposite of anxiety would be calmness. Mm. So other things that have been making me anxious lately is money. Now tell me all of the details of your money anxiety. Well, start with your social security number. Well, yes, my social security number has been the same since I was young. Okay, good. That's good to know. But my parents. I think are guilty about giving me the money anxiety because they were depression era babies. Gotcha. And they kept telling me stories my whole life of how great things were. And then overnight, there was nothing. 
Mm-hmm. And I only had one dress for seven years, my mom would always tell me. Oh, I thought she was saying that you, Zach, only had one dress for well, seven years. Well, I had more than one because I liked dressing up in her clothing. Yeah. That's something we have in common. Yeah. And then my dad also had this depression era. For me personally, as a former trader, John, mm-hmm. I would be riding up and down the elevator and guys would be looking at their trades going, I'm broke, I'm broke. And on the other side of the elevator, some guy would be going, really? I'm rich today. I made it big today. And then if it was the same two people in the elevator the next day, they'd be on the opposite sides of that. I guess I always sort of assumed with sensible trading is you're never investing your entire portfolio in a... Uh, a day trade, you, you know, you have you're using portions, but I can't imagine anyone going broke in one day. Every day that I wake up, you know, I wonder if I'm rich or broke, even though I don't even trade anymore. <laughs> it's just a habit. You know what's funny uh, is I have money anxiety, but I think it's actually work anxiety. I don't worry about the money because I never felt affected whether I have a lot of money. Or a little money, I am only effective like I have to do a lot of work to earn. So to me, it's like, oh, I have some money saved up. I don't have to work as hard. So do you think that is also a time anxiety? I think it's definitely a time anxiety because just about everything I've done has been, my pay has almost always been hourly for time. There's, I've never had some sort of performance incentive in my entire life for any work that I've done. So time is money. Yeah, time is exactly money for me. There's no other. There's no other thing I can do. Well, could you lend me an hour? Uh, I sure, but you'll have to pay me later. Yeah, I stole that from Groucho Marx. And then, of course, there's health anxiety. Not sure. only my own health, John, mm-hmm. but what if something happened to you? We'd be just yeah. shtick or just mortar. Well, I didn't really think that one of us is shtick and one of us is mortar. Although some oh. people could think that. Shoot, I wanted to be mortar. Okay, okay, I could be shtick. That's okay. fine with me. I also worry about the health of those around me, Yeah, those closest to me, because I sure do not, in a perverse way, want them to live shorter than me. Yeah. Because, you know, those people who I really like, like my identical twin brother, devilishly good-looking Ted Fishman, mm-hmm. um, I don't want to live my life with as not as a single <laughs> twin. Let him do that. It's just called a sibling. Oh, yeah. Or a person. Yeah, or I'd be an only child. That's no good. Well, you have sisters. Oh, yeah, that's true. I don't want to die before my... I don't want my wife to die before me. Yeah. For a very, I would say, narcissistic reason. You know, for for spouses, dying in some, like, accident together is somewhat nice. You know, you don't have to go through that horrible, horrible pain of losing a spouse. And... If you have children, then they're they're equally, you know. Bereaved. I think this is a business opportunity for us. So anybody who wants to die <laughs> together, just send uh-huh. us a note on Stick and Mortar. We will find a way for you to die simultaneously. Yeah, I, yeah. This is our million dollar idea. It's like just we'll, we're double jack Have you ever been afraid of getting caught for something that you had no chance of being guilty of? Yes, all the time. Is it? Do you get that when a cop car's behind you? Well, the thing is, when I'm driving, I know that there's still there's probably some technical thing that I did wrong. Uh-huh. Maybe I'm going one mile over the speed limit, 
or my tail light is dim. I have that problem all the time with uh, with work stuff where people always think like, "Did you do the thing?" and I'm like, "Did I do that? I can't remember if I did." So I'm constantly checking things. Is it worse to be the person who's innocent and being called guilty or or the person who says you're guilty when you're not? Boy, and the other anxiety I have is I just want people to like me and I'm not sure mm. they do. Yeah. You know, I always have this feeling like, are they going to like me? Or is it because I'm Jewish they're not going to like me? Or is it because I'm short? <laughs> or is it because I from the Midwest and I wear the same clothes I wore in high school? <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, same sizes in high school? No. Oh, just Thanks same a style. lot, John. Yeah, same style. Mm-hmm. Lands End catalog. Mm-hmm. I have anxiety, too, about being liked, but... The anxiety is more, are people going to realize I'm likable? Not, am I, am I likable? Are they going to like me? I worry about them. I worry if they're smart enough to make the correct decision, which is liking me. So it's becoming apparent to me that our anxieties are kind of fucked up. Um, they're complex. We have anxieties on top of our anxieties. We're, we're, we're Jews. I mean, there's no escaping the anxiety. That's true. Have so, you seen Mel Brooks's High Anxiety? I have seen his <laughs> High Anxiety. That's a great movie. That's a great movie. Although it's pretty much only making fun of other movies. Okay, what else do you have on your plate? Uh, well, you know, I think my biggest anxiety is a lack of control, especially for things that directly affect me. Like if somebody is trying to get past me with a with a plate of soup, if they're holding like a tray that has like five bowls of soup up on it, I'm I'm freaking out inside my head. Or if somebody has been given some sort of power over me. In some way. What if you're talking to a customer service agent at AT&T or Comcast and you have no power over them no matter what you suggest? I would, I would call that pure rage. I wouldn't call that anxiety. Oh, yeah. Because I always know that I could hang up or I could just I could yell at them in a way that's not swearing. So how about before loud. you call them? Are you anxious knowing that you're going to run into a frustrating situation? I'm anxious right before I open a bill. Oh, yeah. That's because right. I'm always thinking, did they mess something up? Not did I? I never think. Oh, I racked up some charges. I better take a look. I'm always yeah. expecting some clerical error or some corporation to have upped fees without telling me or something like that. You could bank on it. I what could. else is on your anxiety list? Uh, there's a general Jewish anxiety, which is: Are people going to realize that I have Jewish anxiety? Not necessarily. Are they going to judge me for being Jewish? Are they going to realize that I'm a 1972 Woody Allen on the inside? When do they realize that? Uh, most people don't, but I think most people will realize it uh, when I'm when I'm tired or stressed, and you know I'm like Woody Allen. Where's the corned beef? I just need a sandwich or something. Oh yeah, going out to eat with an anxious person and watching him order. Oh yeah, or that's going so through the menu. Yeah, that makes me anxious. Yeah, that I only get sympathy anxiety for stuff because I'm I'm very confident and bold in my ability to put things in my mouth. Oh, very good. Yeah, so I'll I'll just get sick later. I don't I'll just deal with that. But I always I'm very worried for people who have food anxieties. And has anybody not liked you because of your Woody Allen anxiety? 
Uh, yeah, actually, uh, when I've worked in Jewish organizations, <laughs> that's uh, ironic. Yeah, I'm not Jewish enough for them. There, if I show any signs of Judaism, then they give me the old eye roll or Ugh, this Woody Allen character over here. Wow, that is a weird anxiety because I have the I'm too Jewish anxiety. But then mm-hmm. if I like went to Israel, I'd have the I'm not Jewish enough anxiety, mm-hmm. and they'd yeah. stone me. Yep. <laughs> it's a tough position to be a, you know, a lazy Jew in America. Yeah, I, let's just call it a humanistic Jew, okay? Sure. John. Sure. Yeah. I'm a lazy humanistic Jew. Well, that's good. Yeah. We, we should start a temple, but not go. I'm too lazy. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't like humans that much. Yeah, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. They're everywhere. Yeah. Well, we're just going to have to deal with our anxieties. What's a good way that we could deal with our anxieties? Uh in a practical way. In a practical way? I think humor is a great way to deal with anxiety, and it's probably a time-tested way mm-hmm. for our people. Well, that's probably why we started this podcast today. To oh, that's deep. Mm-hmm. That's deep. Um, another good way to deal with anxiety is to compartmentalize what's making you anxious. Just mm. break it down and ask yourself, like, what are the real consequences if things go bad? You know, and if and what is the probability of disaster? Yeah, I, I usually tell that to people who I'm trying to get to calm down. I'm yeah. saying, oh, what's, what's, the, what's the worst that can happen? I think anxiety, as opposed to fear, is one of the true only human emotions. Mm-hmm. I don't think my dog ever got anxious or my... Iguana. I don't think dogs have anxiety unless it's like a thunderstorm. Oh, that might be fear, though. You're right. I am anxious about the future all the time. Am I? <laughs> am I going to be like my father now with technology in 50 years? Yes, you are. And that scares me a little. Bit. Although I do know some people my age who are very, very savvy about technology, mm-hmm. and they've stayed on top to... of it all the way, but. The one thing that they don't keep up with are all the new ways to communicate. They may oh, yeah. they, they may be great with the hardware, mm-hmm. but they're not so great with um, you know the soft applications. Yeah, the social aspect right. of the technology. My father knows what a text is, and he can read a text. He can't send a text. Well, with each new way of communicating, I think a new language evolves, too. Definitely. And you have to learn that language. Like emoticons. Exactly. Me and my friend were communicating through emoticons earlier today. And initially, we started doing this, you know, last year, maybe, comedically. We're just doing it to be silly. Like, oh, isn't this ridiculous that people do it? But now we actually communicate with it. Like, we'll send each other smiley faces, but there's thousands of emoticons. So what are they going to have in 50 years? I don't know. So would that be a fear? I think there's just just such a soft fear. It's an anxiety. Well, just the LOL was confusing to me. I didn't know if it was lots of love, lots of laughs, lots of love. Look out. Look look out, licks. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. So... I had to have somebody explain it to me. And sometimes when somebody sends me an acronym for something, I just put a question mark because I know I'm appearing to be a complete caveman, Mm -hmm. but I didn't have any clue what it was. Do you have uh, middle age anxiety that, uh, oh, I'm, I'm not hip with the kids? 
Is that a thing that people say? Well, I know I'm not hip because when I teach kids chess, mm-hmm. you know, they say things like, Mr. Fishman, we know you're old because you tuck your shirt in. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's funny. I know I'm old now, older, because I have little things like gray chest hair that I never thought would ever happen at 30. Yeah. That's how I know. It starts there, John. Mm-hmm. Before you know it. I'll be tucking my shirt in. That's right. You'll be wearing your pants up to your nipples. You know, I'm not anxious about that. I uh, I think getting old, it takes a lot of the anxiety out of some things. I have it does. had youth anxiety my entire life because I'm the youngest of five boys. Well, I was talking about this with my wife who is a pediatrician. As you get older, you have more experience and you understand that the consequences aren't as dire as you thought they would be. Mm-hmm. Or you get the confidence that you can muddle through no matter how shitty things get. Yeah. Um, you know what must be difficult for her is that she probably has anxious parents who are so young. Exactly. And they've never had a kid before. Mm-hmm. And the old saying is, it didn't come with a manual. And that's true. Well, if you somehow ate a manual, a pregnant lady, if she ate a manual hole in some sort of latex bag, mm-hmm. could she time her uh, expelling that manual <laughs> with the birth of her child? Is that a million dollars? No, I don't think that's a million dollar idea. <laughs> I don't think that's a million dollar idea, okay. but it is a restaurant idea. <laughs> I'm anxious about eating it. We could call it manuals. Emanuals? Yeah. <laughs> so if Rom loses right. the election... He'll open up a restaurant where he feeds women, only pregnant women, manuals inside latex bags so they'll go through their intestines undestroyed. Well, I'm Zach. I'm John. And thanks for listening to our show on anxiety. Yeah, this has been the Shtick and Mortar podcast. If you'd like more podcasts, go on the website, shtickandmortar.com. Or visit our Facebook page. Facebook.com slash Stick and Mortar. Thanks. Good night. Bye.